Hello and welcome to In the Art Scene podcast, a place where creatives share their stories. My name is Galina Marquez and I have another cool story prepared for you today, so let's get to it. All right, hello everybody and welcome to the new episode of In the Art Scene and today we are talking to a very interesting artist. Their name is Ezard and we are in their studio. Hi! How are oh, you doing wow. today? <laughs> oh, everything's lovely. Thank you so much. And you? I'm doing well. Thank you. So um, you you actually, well, I don't know anything about you. So we're kind of going to start from scratch and just meet each other for the first time. So it's going to be very real and, you know. <laughs> I'm up for that. That's beautiful. Not and anyone holding... listening probably doesn't know who I am either. So that's. So that's why, why, why wouldn't we start with that? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Ezard Land. I am currently in Bronx, New York, and I mainly work in CMYK, cyan, magenta, yellow, and black, and I don't mix the colors. They do their own mixing. Um, check me out um, to see all the work. It's amorphous color fields that represent a matter of like chemical reaction, chaos, energy, frequency, wavelength, and then there's a foreground image that's usually like robots and spaceships or what I call being ships, which are intricately drawn uh, line work creations that could be a multitude of things. <laughs> well, you, everybody, I, I'm, I'm looking at their studio wall right now with all the artwork and, it, and it's really mind blowing. It's amazing. It's really cool. Ah, I think I also work <laughs> in a, a lot of UV work and a lot of glow in the dark work. So you're just oh, seeing so like cool. one, uh, one level. I like to do multi-layer, multi-level experience type of thing. All right. Well, in the short introduction, you actually said a few things that I, I don't understand. I, I, I need to ask <laughs> you about that. So how is that? Uh, I, I understood that you are, you're working with a very limited color palette, uh, which is CMYK, uh, and you are letting colors mix themselves and do some kind of a chemical reaction is it the specific medium uh what's can you talk a little bit about the process sure i use uh, mainly ink and acrylic and the way that i do them is i have them very very thin layered watered down and so they're process colors for the most part you know if i can get a process color i'll do that otherwise i'll just choose a color that's as close to the process color that i can find and the layers are super, super thin. So when they lay on top of each other, they create other worlds of color. And I stick to the CMYK to, to find a oneness with our machine, with our machine family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how the that's how the computer printers and the newspaper and all that does it. That was and my I'm really fascinated by that. So I like to stick to that. That was that's my next now. question. Yeah. So uh so CMYK. <sighs> For for those of you who don't know, uh, CMYK uh, stands for cyan, magenta, yellow, and uh, contour black. K. K. Yeah. yeah. K. Uh, um, and uh, these are four colors that are usually used in the color printers, and uh, in like book publishing or whatever you go to some kind of a print shop, most of their machines are are printing with those four colors. So uh, is there a like so, why is why is that you want to stick with that and be kind of closer to to, to that machine process? That's very interesting. Yeah. So, my brain is very locked into colors, and I used to use a huge array of color. I used to be like 
so color focused and everyone knew my work for colors to the point where that's all they would talk about. And so I had to like stop using color altogether <laughs> to just be like, I can do other things than color. And then uh, as I grow and develop and my brain expands into whatever areas it's going in, I've just attached to this amazing, like CMYK does it all. I'm just going to let it flow. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to embrace the chaos that happens in my process and I'm going to make it work for me. And the images come from elsewhere. So why can't the colors come from elsewhere? The uh, being shipped, especially I, well, I have a standard Ezard model robot. I have a few standard Ezard model robots and my EFOs or EAPs, Ezardian flying objects or Ezardian aerial phenomenon that I generally <laughs> UFOs, you know, um, and so I have those standard things that happen. They happen in a, in a range of ways and other little icons that go along with them. But the being ships, I totally empty my brain out. I don't do any sketching. I don't do any thinking. I just look at the background and I see all these things happening. And at one point, all of the action disappears. And then a single shape shows up. And if that shape stays, I know that's where I start drawing. And I just flow. I just, the line appears just before my pen and I just flow and it comes from elsewhere. And so why, why not let the color come from elsewhere as well? Fascinating. So uh, while you were talking, I was like, okay, I got to ask about this and this and this and this. <laughs> I love that. It's beautiful. What a flow. So first, I wanted to make a comment that uh, I personally do love working with limited color palette. I, I'm not sticking with CMYK, but it's it's actually amazing what you can do with just two or three colors. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And I, like I... I Kind of recently, like within the last year, I kind of discovered that, uh, and I just I'm not I'm not going for uh, the whole array of colors. It's just fun. It's just fun because you can. Um, but I am mixing them on the palette, and just just for the sake of experiment, want to see what what can what can I mix? What else? What totally. else can I do? Uh, yes. So that's that's so really fascinating. Sometimes some limitations really expand the field completely. So I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. In, as long as you, you don't you, box you, yourself in to not be able to move <laughs> forward. That's the only problem. Some people get stuck in that mode. Well, uh, but I think limitations are good because they kind of show you how many things you can do with what you already have. True. Right. It's not True. like only A and B. Uh, you you can experiment and you can come up with so many different things, and it's just it's wonderful. And for us creatives, I think it's it's the best thing they can do because you kind of prove yourself over and over again that whatever you do, wherever you go, if you have even a limited amount of uh, art supplies, you can do wonders. Absolutely. So, it's really cool. Absolutely. So there was another question I was going to sure. ask you while you were talking. So. You were talking about um, how you were working with a lot of colors and then you stopped uh, uh, using colors whatsoever to kind of show that you can do different things. This is interesting to me because a lot of artists that I talk to, they are talking about evolution of their artist's voice until they actually find the subject and the subject kind of sticks with them, if not forever, at least for a long, long, long time. For you, it was kind of like, no, hack it. Everybody knows me for color. I got to do something else. <laughs> yeah. Talk a little bit about that thought process. Uh, I, because I don't plan, I don't sketch, and I do have a number of things that come through in the way that the imagery happens. 
Um, a lot of people don't understand it. I don't necessarily need them to understand it. I need them to take in what they can take in. I don't want to explain everything. It's an experience for them. And when the only thing they seem to be getting out of the experience is the color play, I realize that I'm only hitting them on one level. I'm, I'm not really going any further in their mind. And, you know, that, that could be all right in some ways, but there's more there. And this happens like to everyone everywhere on every facet of existence, you know, you see the certain layers that you want to see and you disregard everything else. You know, your, your input systems will only take notice of that, which is confronting you in a way that's to take notice of, you know, the, 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 it's, it used to be like a warning signal, like, Hey, watch out for this. But now it's, it's, you know, yeah, I couldn't like get a, adapted to, yeah. So it's not uh, about you pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. It's about pushing your viewers, collectors out of their comfort zone. It's a bit of both, isn't it? Because well, once, you, once yeah. you put something down, you're like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to not use this anymore. I'm going to revisit, I'm going to visit something else and see where that goes. You know, there is, there is a new thought to it. There is a new yeah, yeah. It is it is new territory. So it is your own push too. Yeah, it's beautiful. Why not keep going? It is it is wonderful. And uh <laughs> yeah, I just I just love how you how you just included the the viewers into this whole thought process that it's not only for you, you're motivated for them to expand their understanding and expand the level of experience that they're getting with your art. It, it it's it's great. And at the mm-hmm. same time, I don't want to tell them what they're supposed to be getting out of it. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, of course, they have to figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. It is what it is to you. You know, that is with, with everything in life. Certain things have certain meanings to each person. So for how, how long uh, have you been doing uh, art? How, how long have you been artist? Uh, and, I started, uh, are you, you're a full-time artist, right? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. I started in... <laughs> Wow, I'm very old. I'm very old. Yikes. <laughs> I'm yikes old. <laughs> Come on. It's, it's a scary amount of years. I started in the uh, 90s. I, I started art in 94 or 95. Yeah, when I was in college. <laughs> so when I was in college, I, I've been a, a massive nerd my whole existence. And I got to college and there was this one semester where I knew the classes I wanted. I had to have these classes. This is what I want. I'm not going to change my mind. You're not going to get me to take other classes this semester. (laughs) And so I needed one more class to fulfill my requirements for the number of credits in order to get my financial aid and all that chaos. And so because I had locked myself into, I must have these three classes, there were very limited options that I could choose for the additional class. I went through the entire course catalog and marked out everything that didn't have prerequisites. And it was only a handful of things that would fit into the schedule that I wanted. Out of those handful of things, there was only two that I could actually see myself sitting through long enough to actually manage to take the class. <laughs> and I decided, okay, the one of them was another science lab. It was, they were all, the other three were science labs. There was class plus lab. So that's like so much work and so much class time. And there are three of them. That's a lot of work. The two classes that I was left with to take, but potentially, was another science lab, <laughs> which is basically just like, what do you do? That's like absolute torture, right? Four science labs is is chaos. Um, or uh, drawing one class. And I'd never done art. I'd never, you know, I doodle in my notebook 
you know, during classes and for, for the labs, you'd have to draw things. And I was like, all right, well, maybe this class will help me make my lab reports better. <laughs> maybe I'll be able to draw better for my, for my stuff. And so I signed up for the class and I went to the first class where all they do in that class is go over the syllabus. I did not understand anything because I had no art background whatsoever. I went to a small school, poor school. I excelled in, in certain classes, so I wasn't pushed in the arts at all. Um, I took a bunch of music, but art itself, that I, they didn't really let me take. <laughs> I was intimidated by it anyway, by the instructor. Um, so I get to this college class, and they're going over the syllabus, and I have no idea what he is saying. None of the words are making sense because I've not been exposed to this language before. I've not been exposed to these references. I have no idea what these materials are. I'm thoroughly lost. It's like I sat down in a completely foreign language and everyone else gets it. And I was thoroughly confused. So I walked out of that it, class it, going. It's, pro it's probably like for me going into a science class. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I walked out of that class going, all right, I'm dropping this and I'm going to take that other science lab. This is going to be a rough semester. Uh, so I went right directly to the uh, advisor's office. You had to have the advisor sign off on it to allow you to switch classes because the semester had already started. And they were out and they were out for a week long leave because of some family emergency. So I realized I had to do the first assignment because I'm a nerd and I can't skip class. <laughs> so I go to the bookstore and I go to the art section. I'm totally lost. I have this long list of supplies. I'm only going to do the first assignment. So what do I really need for this? Dude comes over to help me, can't help me. He sees how confused I am. He's he's just like, well, just pick something and you're good. <laughs> so <laughs> I bought I bought a pad of newsprint. I didn't even know pencils came in different like hardnesses or different styles, anything. So I picked a couple of pencils. I picked a pad of newsprint and I was like, all right, we're doing this. And I was frozen, totally frozen. Like an hour before the class started, I just doodled something quick. The first assignment, by the way, was Come in with something that you think is good art. Draw something you think is good art. Uh, that that that's kind. Of, oh my god, that's a challenging assignment for <laughs> for, <laughs> for the first class for someone who has no idea what to yeah, do. Yeah, I was. So oh my god, I'm so sorry. I was terrified. So I an hour before class, I did something quick and show up, and then the instructor walks in and yells out a handful of names. My name was in that list, and then I learned what a critique was. Uh oh. Wow, what? We hang this up and people talk about it. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness, what? <laughs> you're, you're, you're killing me here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so uh, so then we all hang our stuff up, the, the handful of people. And then he's like, who wants to talk about what? And everybody raised their hand and pointed at mine. And I'm like, I've been found. I'm going to be stoned uh. to death in this room. And I'm trying to figure out, can I run for the door? Do I jump out the window? What do I do? And I'm like, I just have to take it. Whatever just, this is that comes at me, I need to just sit through this and take this. I just imagine how your heart must have been racing. Yeah, I was a bit freaked out. Uh, well, <laughs> so, anyone would. <laughs> so the the way that it played out is everyone thought that I had been in some art school and had done something tragic or something tragic had happened to my life where I ended up where I was. Wow. And I could not convince them that... No, I just have no idea what you're doing here. <laughs> I don't know what this is. And so um, after the class, they talked about my piece for like the majority of the class time. Can you describe what, what the piece was actually? Yeah, I 
it was so it was newsprint so it was like the worst uh-huh. paper that you could shoot <laughs> very very thin yeah yeah very very thin really easily yeah gross it's it's not good paper and it was a huge piece it was like 18 by 24 and I drew this little probably six or eight inch by like four inch little thing in the corner and it was like an eye and a clock with a zipper coming through the I don't know I can't even remember exactly wow. what it was but I was pulling that out of nowhere just before and I was like whatever and so they think that I have done it and that I know what I'm doing no idea so then after the class I walked up to the board to retrieve my my art and the professor comes up and I said, this has been very interesting. I thank you very much, but I will be dropping the class just so you know. I'm going to take another science lab. This bunch of chaos I need for my finest aid. And thank you for this. This was interesting. (laughs) And he put his arm around me. He goes, no, you belong here. I got you. And that's how I started doing art. Oh, and then he took my art down and he goes, next time, a better paper than newsprint and don't (laughs) put the pins through the art. (laughs) Okay, lesson one. Uh, and he said, I'll see you next class. And that's how I started my art thing. Wow, that's amazing. Wow. So then like... I stopped doing science. <laughs> really? I didn't make lab reports anymore. Yeah, after that, after that semester, I changed my major to art. Huh. And that was it. What a pivot. Yeah, totally. Wow, that's interesting. You know, a long winded pivot. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of, uh, there's another podcast that I'm listening sometimes. I, I'm, I'm geeking on psychology big time. So I do that. there is a podcast, you might check it out. It's called uh, The Slight Change of Plans. And uh, they're talking about the experiences, like sometimes like unexpected or traumatic or whatever, just, just drastic uh, changes that kind of pivots the whole life of a human. And then that sounds like one of the stories. I mean, I, you should submit seriously. That, that <laughs> you you will be great. It, it was it was quite a pivot for sure. I had no art in any kind of yeah. You know, I wanted to do science, and I also wanted to be a writer. So I was kind of doing my classes between the two, and then I realized that I didn't want to be the type of writer that had to take like little uh, quick assignments from magazines about like what lipstick is great this season type of thing because that's so not anything that I can do um so I I quit the writing thing because I didn't want to be like a constant barrage of disappointment from submissions (laughs) but then I go into art which what is that that's just like a constant barrage (laughs) that's just torture in itself but But uh, I, I would presume that you have been at least a visual person probably since you were a child, right? If you were, if you were able to whip something uh, on a piece of paper an hour before your first art class and everybody was amazed. So can you, can you confirm or how, yeah. how was it? I, I've always been quite visual. I've always been quite mechanical. I used to, I used to love to work on, on things with my hands. I really wanted to do things with my hands. Actually, when I went to college, I intended to do ceramics and then I moved into the sculpture department and then I ended up in printmaking of all things, which is still very using your hands, using your hands. And then when I left college, I realized I don't have any of this equipment. (laughs) And so I went back to drawing and painting. Um, But I've always been very visual and um, yeah, I guess I've always done little art things not thinking that they were art things uh yeah yeah well so i guess you do 
I, I, this is amazing to me sometimes when, you know, when you kind of grow up without realizing that you are an artist and then one day, boom, universe kicks you in the ass and you end up in the right place where you're supposed to be. That's yeah. Amazing. That's really That's cool. beautiful. It's beautiful. You just have to let it play out. You can't fight it so hard. You got to just, it have makes you, it easier if you don't fight it. <laughs> yeah. So have you ever tried woodcut prints? Yeah, uh, I was a printmaking major. I have a, a Bachelor of Fine Arts in printmaking, actually. So woodcut was one of my go-to things. <laughs> For that class, the first assignment, uh, you know, to make the first woodcut, the instructor said, don't make circles. Whatever you do, don't make circles. So I made the entire thing circles and curved lines just because <laughs> I was like, no, you don't box me and you don't tell me what I can and cannot do. <laughs> so the entire thing was curvy lines and circles. So Rebel yeah, woodcut, I love it. I love it. I actually have wood laying around here that I, I intend to do that, but I haven't. I kind of switched over to linoleum mm -hmm. because uh, it was a lot easier to handle. And, and at this point, it, it might even be cheaper. This I don't, Our supplies here and there kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Wood is crazy expensive right now. <laughs> it is. Yes. Lumber yeah. is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to use the birch plywood. So. Uh, the reason uh, I asked, I've never tried, I've never tried woodcut myself, uh, but I, I know uh, my good friend, uh, she's a 94 year old artist. And be gold. I, be gold. Yes. Yeah. You, you listened to that episode? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. She's, yeah, amazing. she's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. <laughs> she's turning 95 this year. It's it's crazy. I uh, Probably by, by the time the podcast, this this episode is out, she's probably going to be 95 already. That's beautiful. It Happy beautiful. birthday to her. I will, awesome. I will. And I will tell her. How can you not be so awesome with the name Be Gold? Come right? on. <laughs> right? As soon as I, I, I heard that from uh, Corey and Wynn's podcast that you did with them, you said Be Gold. And I was like, oh, I got to check that out. I love, I love sounds and I love the way that it like goes into the brain and it tickles around in there. So I was like, oh, I got to find out what Big Bold is up to. She's amazing. And so she's amazing. And she, and she still does. She still cuts the wood. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really mesmerizing and really uh, uh, meditative and it's just beautiful. And you have to pay enough attention because the grain will take things where you don't necessarily want them to take, to go. And uh in the end, it's even the block itself. You don't even have to print it. The block itself is just it's gorgeous. It's a piece of art. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I have, I have a couple of her original pieces in my house. I'm so proud. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. That is really <laughs> cool. All right. So um, switching the topic. Uh, yeah. you, you mentioned something before we started recording uh, about uh, the uh, pop-up live shop. Pop Shop Live, yeah. Pop Shop Live, yeah. And uh, I am not familiar with that. The first time I actually encountered that is when I was releasing uh, Corey and Lynn's episode. Yeah. And I checked out and I was like, I, I really don't know what's going on out there. But you, <laughs> but you say that this is actually a live kind of a sales event you, that yes. you can run once in a while. So can you explain it to me and yeah. to everybody who's listening? So Pop Shop Live is an app. You can download it on your phone or you can also uh, check in on the desktop or your laptop, desktop, whatever computer you have. And it's a live streaming shopping platform. So I set up in my studio and I show people my work. I put it in front of the camera. They see it, it and it goes into a shop. 
where they can just buy it right there. It's like one, two clicks and it's bought, you know. I also sometimes do drawing and painting live on the app. And I don't have any show scheduled right now. Um, I haven't worked out like a set. I did have a set schedule and then my my life changed a little bit. Uh, so I haven't locked in another new set schedule. So I'm kind of on the app whenever I feel like getting on the app, which is nice because you're not like locked into certain hours. A lot of people do set standard hours. So people know to go find them at those times. Um, I'm kind of like a lot more free form than that. But <laughs> so you go on, there's a ton of sellers doing a ton of amazing things. Um, it's not just arts. There's a lot of um, food things. There's a lot of jewelry, a lot of fashion. And it's small businesses selling their stuff live. And you can chat That's with them. You can ask lots of questions. Yeah, it's a community. It really turns into a community huh. thing. It's beautiful. That's really cool. I should try that. Yeah, yeah. I, I had no idea, really. I had no idea that this I thing even exists. Yeah, I found out through DesignerCon because uh, okay. 2020, I was supposed to go to DesignerCon. That didn't happen. And so they partnered up with Pop Shop Live and there was a DesignerCon was on the app itself. So then I got to be included in the app. There's like a whole application process and you know, all the approvals and whatever. Uh, but because I was with DesignerCon, I automatically got in. I didn't have to wait for any kind of approval or anything. And it was frightening. I was on the first, the first time I was on Pop Shop, I was on for the entire weekend, all day, every day for the weekend. Wow. And it was when it was brand new and there's a lot of bugs and everything, but everything works out fairly well right now. And, and there are a little glitching things here and there, but the, the support staff is excellent. The support is awesome. The whole crew there does a great job of what they do. So, and the, and the people on Pop Shop, they're like, they become like family. You, they check in, chat about stuff. It's beautiful. Awesome. I should try. Uh, yeah. Definitely. And it, it sounds like uh, a lot of first experiences for you happen in this kind of a way. Like, whoa, <laughs> like a way yeah. over your head, just deal with it for the whole weekend for the first time, learn and deal with glitches and... <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's yeah, how my awesome. whole life has been pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> like, Do you have any other anecdotes? I'm not really like a, I'm not an actor. I don't want to rehearse anything. I'm just ready to, let's just jump in and keep going, you know, like do it. What do you, why are you replaying things over and over? So any other anecdotes? Ah, you're, oh, that's putting on the spot. Like, sorry. <laughs> that's, that's another, your first um, experience. Oh. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just like to flow with things. Other anecdotes. Oh, so another another fun one is I had I had this large piece. It was I don't really do many large pieces anymore. It's mostly like more intimate size type things. But I had at one point this really large piece, and everyone loved it. Everybody wanted it. It was like my icon piece at the time, and. You know, everybody that I knew didn't have the kind of money to afford it. <laughs> and so everybody was just like watching this piece, waiting to see who got to take it home with them. And uh, I had a show and I was seeing someone for the first time. It was a, it was a, a new a new friend and uh, <laughs> they were helping me put the show together. We're unloading all the pieces out of the car to take them into the gallery. And he wasn't used to handling art. He didn't really know. He didn't. He was, he didn't know what he was doing. I was throwing him in, in the den there, you know, like, here, just do this with me. And so he's handing me too many things. And I told him, slow down. Hey, wait, slow down, slow down. I don't have all this stuff. Hold on. 
And the big piece, the big iconic piece, it started to fall over. And so he just stuck his foot out to catch it. Oh my God. Right oh it. my God. Pull it right through it. And uh, we both kind of just stopped and looked at it. And then I looked at him and I said, Well, you better get your foot out of that before anybody else sees. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he was, he was like, break it down. I was like, no, no, just stick it in the car before anybody else sees. We're just going to have to rearrange the show. It's all good. It's all beautiful. Keep going. <laughs> and so uh, and everybody was like, hey, where's that piece? And I was like, oh, no, that, that, that piece isn't here today. <laughs> so, what did you do with it? I actually repaired it. And then I sold it at a massive discount. And so someone has it in their home and they're very happy with it. But uh, yeah, it, I, it was I, one of those I, moments where you're just like, well, that happened. All right, keep going. <laughs> I I think you should have bumped bumped up the price because now it has a history. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Too late for that thing. Oh. Awesome! Wow, wow, that's amazing. Okay, well, I uh, um, I don't I don't know what else to ask you. All right, should I ask um, you? To think? <laughs> yeah, you, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> How do you feel that the podcasts are going? You're in season three now. Yes. How are I'm, you feeling? I am feeling, uh, I am actually feeling very hopeful. So uh, what what happened, and uh, I think by the time this episode is up, uh, the season two is going to be over, and I will have a little kind of a wrap-up season um, episode explanation of what's going on, because in 2021, we had a major hiccup, uh, and we kind of stopped production, we just stuck. Uh, my husband, who at that time was my co-host and uh, um, editor, uh, he got very busy with his day job. Um, we had a marketing assistant who was amazing, but then she graduated and, and got a job at the PR agency, so she left. And uh, uh, around September-ish, around Labor Day, I realized that I, I was pregnant. And everything, like the whole world stopped. Absolutely. That's a lot. That's <laughs> so, a lot. So I'm kind of a, just now, I'm, I'm like at, at the time we were recording, I'm six months pregnant and I'm just getting back to life. And I'm like, I, I got to do this anyway. It's like, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I, I started doing it. I love it because even if it's not growing as fast as I wanted, at least in the first season, uh, I, I just still love it because this is for me like building my own community and meeting meeting so many amazing people and learning so many amazing things. Like in half an hour talking to you today, I, I already like got incredible information that I have never heard before, and I had a good laugh. Like, what else can yeah. you wish, right? Absolutely. So, so you have to set aside the expectations and just let it flow, and you're doing that, and it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So as we speak right now, I'm releasing the uh, leftover of the second season because we already had a lot of interviews recorded. They were just sitting in a drawer and uh, like, yeah, I have content and I have a whole list of people I want to talk to and, and people keep coming like Corey uh, referred, referred me to you and like, this is a blast. So yeah, that's amazing. Uh, so I hired an editor and uh, I am looking for uh, an intern assistant to help me with a little like minutia thing, administration, social media, whatever. So yeah, I'm really hopeful. I'm not going to stop. 
That's beautiful. And, and I'm even going to uh, start releasing once a week, which we weren't doing because my husband was very busy. So we were doing every other week. So now we're going into a more frequent schedule. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. By the time this episode live, we'll see how many followers we have. That's awesome. Yeah. And maybe by that time, actually, we'll keep in touch. If you have something scheduled in a, a, a pop shop live. Yeah. <laughs> Or shows, well, you know, as yeah, things we'll, most we'll put most it we'll my, put it in and, and promote it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Most of my life before pandemic was conventions and comic cons and art gallery, those kind of things. And that all stopped. And so Pop Shop entered my life at a time where I was like, how am I gonna do it? Oh, I'm gonna do it this way now. <laughs> yeah. So it was beautiful the way that lined up. I'm very yeah. fortunate for that. Yeah. The uh the to me that like the podcast was kind of a um, a lifeline as well. Definitely. Yeah. And how are you doing with your art now that you have all the other baby concerns and such? I am actually doing better. So I, I really haven't painted in four months. Uh, and now I'm picking up my sketchbooks. I, I just bought myself uh, water mixable oils. I want to try oils nice. because I've never I've never done that. And water soluble watercolor pencils, which is also interesting. I am brilliant. I am scared of watercolors. <laughs> I have a whole <laughs> set of professional watercolors. I just can't do it because it's it's freaking me out. I can't control it. So I'm mostly doing right now um, acrylics, and um, I am kind of uh, exploring my like internal world because a lot of things are happening with my body and my mind and that's that gives me a lot of things to process and things to put on the canvas and it's really yeah it's it's been really interesting to work on that that's incredible yeah. that's yeah. beautiful and as for the watercolor not being able to control it don't try to control it just flow with it and I, see where it is and you'll get to become one with it at some point just let it I just know let it flow. Everybody says that. And I, yeah. I like whenever I do something abstract with acrylics, it's kind of it doesn't bother me. I just throw it in and see what happens. But with watercolor, I don't know what it is. I just <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> I'll give it, I'll give it a shot anyway. So I, I figured pencils are, are probably gonna give me a little bit of you know work control. But yes. yeah, I should I should do it because I have I have a professional uh, watercolor set and I'm just not using it, it sits in a drawer. So I should, I should unpack it. Totally. Maybe, maybe I'll do like unboxing video on Instagram <laughs> or something like that. It's set no expectation. <laughs> Just enjoy the process. And, you know, a lot of people do mix it with ink. You know, they do the watercolor for one section. They do ink as like Corian Windu. You yeah. Know, or mix yeah. it with the acrylic situation, you know. Don't, don't be scared of it. What is it going to do to you? <laughs> don't well, drink it. Exactly. Don't drink it. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> that, that's a good point. <laughs> All artists have had paintball. Let's let's avoid that. I, I I put I yeah I put my brushes in my drinks sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, well, okay. I have to keep mine totally separate. I'm also the type that has to have a number of drinks at once. I'm not satisfied with what just one. I don't drink enough if I have just one. I just I just ignore it so I have to have like three drinks in front of me it's some <laughs> weird obsessive thing um yeah and so I have to have them totally separate from the the work area but yeah it's still a mess yeah and it's I'm dangerous a, it is dangerous yeah and I'm a tea drinker and the tea kind of looks yep. like a muddy paint water <laughs> yes 
Yeah. I I did viscous tea once and it was like the same color that I was working on. And I just got thoroughly confused as yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. You got to keep them in different types of jar, different types of cup, different sections and do your best. Yeah. And sometimes, well, sometimes accidents happen. You just get yourself a new tea. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a short coffee break. Producing this podcast sure takes a lot of energy. Would you buy me a coffee so I can continue doing it? I would really appreciate it. The link is in the show notes and on our website, intheartscene.com. Thanks for supporting our show. So how do you know Corey and when? I met them at DesignerCon in 2019. Uh-huh. I had a booth in the Artist Alley, a table in the Artist Alley, and they showed up at my table and... We chatted for a long time and then I checked out their work and we started following each other on Instagram and chatting here and there. And then they jumped into the pop shop thing and yeah, it's been a back and forth, fun dynamic. We've coast to coast communication about art. And I just started an art. Well, as of this recording, I just started it. Uh, who knows when it, who knows if it'll still exist by the time it airs. We'll see. <laughs> I might not exist by the time this airs. We'll see. No, nah, it's um, not going to take that long this time. <laughs> uh, nothing's guaranteed. Um, so uh, I started an art group and I was like, they're perfect beings to bring it to this art group where we discuss uh, things that we want to tackle and accomplish and try to meld knowledge and, and experience and uh, help each other get to what we want to do. All right, so yeah, well- they're just beautiful wonderful beings Love they them. are absolutely i had such pleasure talking with them <laughs> really really awesome people so our group talk a little bit about the art group yeah uh it's i called it art dart it was really hard to come up with a name that hadn't already been taken that had like a cool art kind of yeah that was rough man <laughs> searching all over the internet no that's taken uh, so I need an art dart because a dart in your hand doesn't really do much until you find what you want to throw it at and send it on its way. And uh, even if it lands in some unsuspecting person's leg, like, <laughs> it's out of your hand, you know, you're moving to someplace, you're doing something. Um, also, dart to represent like it's not going to take a lot of your time and it's for you. So come in and, and do the work. Come into the it's on a discord server come into the server, do some work, look some stuff up, share some knowledge with other people. It's, it's not going to take a lot of your time and it's for your benefit. So I want dirt to be dual meaning there. Um, yeah. So, so it's, it's a group it's of on fun D- people. Discord, right? Yeah. It's on discord. If anyone is interested in more information, they can write to me. It's kind of, uh, we're just getting started. So I kind of have it on like a, a small number of people to make it a more intimate space. So people feel more comfortable and free with sharing deeply personal personal information or secret information or a complete and utter failure that you don't want anybody else to go through but you're embarrassed to let anyone else know that you through yourself um so uh i've just started it it's going well so we've only had one meeting as of this recording and uh yeah oh that's interesting well, we'll uh, I will make sure to put all the links in the, in the show notes and in the blog post. So by the time the episode is live, which is probably going to be late March, early April, let's see, probably. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I think the group is going to be already established and, and people yeah. will want to join. We'll make sure that all the information is available. Awesome. Cool. And we'll see if I have any other exciting stuff happening right now. I just have my Patreon stuff is, is a lot of work each month. I have a number of people I make pieces for and my pop shop stuff. I do have some gallery shows here and there. As of that time, I'm not sure what I'll have going on. But so how, how has your um, Patreon been doing? Oh, it's lovely. I've had a Patreon since 2016. I jumped in kind of early and I've just let it grow organically. I've had friends who've joined in, but a lot of my patrons are people I don't know them, but I get to know them through that. I'm like, who are you? You love me? What is this? Hello. <laughs> Hi. You're filling your home with my stuff, your office with my stuff. Like, how amazing is that? Anytime anybody wants to take anything that's come out of me and have it in their home is a source of happiness, inspiration, awe, beauty, anything like that, anything that gives them a spark, anything that distracts them from whatever stress or misery or grump or that happens in life. If I can help anyone through that, like you want to take my energy into your space Wow. Thank you. I'm like so deeply touched and so deeply honored. And so these people that support me every month, they, they're so trusting. Like there's not like a setup, like, oh, you're going to get this month, this, this month, or you're going to get that this next month. It's a, you're giving me money. I'm just going to send you what I want to send you. (laughs) So (laughs) like I get to experiment. I don't have to really think so hard and I just have a lot of fun. So it's awesome. It's really awesome. I'll try like a different type of paper, a different type of ink, a different like icon image, a different method, medium madness, you know, and they get the first, the first pull of whatever, like the first draw of whatever it is that's happening in my brain, unless I completely like mess things up. (laughs) (laughs) It has happened where I've destroyed entire series of things because of some random thing didn't work. Uh, But then I just make a new thing. And uh, it's beautiful. They trust me with that. And everybody, as far as I know, loves it. So if anybody wants to jump in there and get some experimental stuff from an Ezard, <laughs> sign up for my Patreon. That's actually a really cool concept. I, I like it because you you make people feel like they are at the beginning of something. Like, uh, you know, like it's early Picasso or <laughs> something that something that was not a thing yet. So they they were the first to put their hands on it. Totally. It's like really I, cool. It's amazing. I've recently gotten really into the UV light work and glow in the dark work. And they totally had a bunch of that stuff before anybody else got to experience it at all. Um, any of the new like icons that I start to use, they get them first, you know, and so, uh, they just trust me with it. I, I love that. That's really cool. So, uh, you uh, you've been talking about the platforms so, so far, like the set of platforms that we discussed today. I am not using either of those. I'm I'm definitely going to check them out. Uh, like Patreon was kind of in the back burner for the podcast. Maybe in the future we'll see about that. Uh, Discord, I know it exists. I have never even checked it out. Uh, uh, Pop Shop Live. Uh, I the first time I uh, I encountered it after I, I did the Corey's episode, Corey and Win. Uh, so that that's something to check out. Absolutely. Uh, what other platforms do you use? My goodness. Ah, well, if you wanted to jump into any of those, I will say that I'm happy to help you in any way that I can. I'm happy to share my information and knowledge, my experiences I'll- with them. 
I'll take I'm you totally up on that. I'm totally open for that. Yeah. And if you want to jump into Art Dart, we can set you up in Art Dart and that's on Discord. So there's two things. Jump in. Boom. You're in. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> um, other things that I do, a lot of it's on Instagram. I also have a, my Instagram is at Ezard, E-Z-E-R-D. I have a TikTok that I don't use nearly as much. Uh, that's Ezard Land, L-A-N-D, E-Z-E-R-D, L-A-N-D. That's my name. And I'm not so quick and easy to do video stuff. Like I do put together some little video edits and some quick camera run stuff, but that's not really where my brain goes. That's not really my enjoyment area. Uh, so you can find me on those. So you're, you're more like a live broadcast person. That's scary because that's terrifying, isn't it? it first, is, yeah. yeah. Like that's, Yikes. The first, <laughs> the first bunch of times, even now I'm like, Oh, we're going to do that. All right. Let's okay. That's what we're going to do. And there you go. You just do it, you know? <laughs> but if I sit and think about it, if I, if I put it through my brain, like this is what I'm doing, it's live, whatever comes out, comes out. Like, no, my brain kind of explodes. <laughs> but you just got to get in there and do it. Yeah, when I started the podcast and like first few people were asking a bunch of questions in advance, like, is there a set of questions? So what, what should I do? I've never done this before. I'm kind of scared. I was like, don't worry, I'm scared even more than you are. <laughs> that was I, true. It's true. Yeah. I wasn't sure when I when I jumped on the the interview here whether you were gonna do a preliminary, like, okay, these are the questions. Is because then I was like, oh let's not do that. Like I can't do I that. My do brain that. starts running on all these different questions and all these thoughts and ideas. And it starts planning and programming and starts like manipulating what's going to come out. And it just, it's not real flow. It's not real. And it's yikes. No, thanks. Yeah, I'd rather I, just be free flow and, and run with it. I, I, I never do. I never do a, a preset questions. I, I do have some uh, preset questions now available on the website for anyone who doesn't want to jump on the interview for the podcast but still wants to be published so they can go and fill out the form the questions are quite open so it's not like you know yes or no or something like that because we're looking for for the stories to share and for artists voice to be heard so uh yeah so anyone if you are listening to it but you're not quite sure but you want to explore something you can start with a safe option of going <laughs> on the do website it, it. Filling, the, <laughs> filling the form and being published so. do it do it don't don't think too hard just go experience it enjoy yeah. it totally. yeah yeah it, it's amazing how many things we're just afraid of for for no reason just because we don't know what they are and what yeah, the outcome the only... is going to be the only concern is what words come out of my mouth because I have some colorful language sometimes, like some vibrant hues of hands to ears, like, oh, don't listen to that type of words. It, but, it's okay. But, we, we have an option for explicit language. Okay. <laughs> and usually as things get like, as things flow along and you get more comfortable, things do kind of get more loose, but uh, we're doing all right. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, I think the last question I wanted to ask, uh, you mentioned uh, the glow in the dark things and that you were experimenting with it very recently. It's kind of a new thing. Uh, so if you want to talk a little bit about that, that would be awesome because I probably have met just a couple of artists who are doing that. I know that there are artists out there who are playing with this stuff. I, I have met one guy who is making like humongous 
uh, like portraits and like lions and uh, other things that I'll, I'll, I'll send you his Instagram. He's, he's really cool. Uh, uh, yeah. And his, his stuff is all glow in the dark entirely. Nice. So it looks very colorful, but then you turn off the light and it's like totally different colors and it's just totally different experience. So can you talk a little bit about your experience and, and where you're going with it? Yeah, I, it's probably been almost a year now that I've been really into, well, by the time this airs, it'll be about a year that I've been into the, the ultraviolet light situation. I noticed some people were doing some fun stuff with it. And I was like, I want to do some fun stuff with that. And, and a lot of the colors that are available are very similar to CMYK. And so I'm like, yeah, let's just jump, jump in and do this. And so I started playing with that. And then once I got my UV lights, I realized that some of the colors that I had been using already were UV reactive. And so then I got extra pumped for it. Wow. So now I have a hard time not using the UV light <laughs> situation. <laughs> and like things that are sitting around there, like half done, I'm like, oh no, I got to start over on you. <laughs> I got to add some UV stuff. Um, and then I also like, because you have such a grand change from the regular light to the ultraviolet light, I want to take it further. So then I'm like glow in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. So then once the light goes all the way out, then there's things that will, will remain that you didn't realize would remain or things that come through that you didn't see in the last, uh, the last image of it. Uh, so I like playing with those layers and levels of perception and play and fun and and surprise and yeah fun why not that, I, I just got in some new glow-in-the-dark powder that is like ultra ultra powerful it's like 20 hours of glow and it was like wow. glowing through the packaging wow like, this is gonna be good um, I haven't done it yet because I've been waiting for a time when I'm okay with accidentally dumping the entire bottle of powder on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I'm waiting for the moment to do that. It's going to be grand. It's coming soon because I have pieces that are due. They're like, I have commissions and pieces that are due that I really need to get done that I want to put that in. So that's really interesting. It'll be happening this week, probably. I, I look forward to, yeah. I look forward to see it if you're going to post it on Instagram or elsewhere. Yeah, I check my Instagram now. There's a bunch of uh, UV and glow in the dark stuff. I, I will. Now, so. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, that's interesting for me because uh, it it's supposed to it's supposed to look very different from like your painting. Obviously, you have a you know good lighting in your studio, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but then you like you cannot really imagine how it's going to look when you turn off the light right so it's like is it always a surprise or i i assume that some people are probably planning for some kind of effect when when they have a lot of experience with it but it's it's like having two pictures in your mind at the same time when you when you're producing it it's like it's mind cracking for me it's a lot of fun i actually set up my studio so i have a bunch of big uv lights and so i will work in regular light and i will work in uv light and then I work in the dark with the glow in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's charged up, it's glowing. You have enough light. You have like a little bit of a light so you can see where you are on your painting and what's going on. And, uh, or you can have like the UV light on. The glow in the dark works with the UV light. So, uh, yeah, I just play with different lights that I sit in myself. So, 
That's you really just cool. flow with it. Yeah. Have you ever tried? There is a, uh, a medium. Uh, you know those mood rings. So it, yeah. it changes changes the color when the temperature is changing. Have you ever tried have, something with that? I haven't, but now I'm gonna have to go. <laughs> that would be really interesting. <laughs> What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> forget this other stuff <laughs> yeah and I at one point in my life I really really wanted to get into lenticular stuff that's I don't know if you know lenticular is where there's a layer over it that's like cut at different angles so then when uh -huh. you walk by it changes images uh -huh. I got really into the ideas of, of making things lenticular and then I realized the cost of it and I was like yeah now nah, that's all right I'll just keep that for now <laughs> and uh yeah just different ways to play with the eye I think that's yeah. a lot of fun. Perception, you know, all perception, and inputs. you know what? It, you know what it remind me of? Um, uh, actually, the first episode of the second season, we had uh, uh, another non-binary artist in uh, Utah, and they have done a really cool installation in the Utah Art Museum. Uh, the portraits uh, and the, the installation was about coming out process, and uh, it was like a bunch of real like tall skinny columns with uh, uh, like a few different sides and as you walk by you can see like it, it turns it turns a certain way that you can see one face and then another face and then another face so it starts with almost like a black and white really sad and then it goes into a very colorful um picture so it's beautiful uh, yeah 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 um i think i posted the video of that on the blog post as well and it's on their instagram as well So Ryan Kasner. I will definitely check that out. That yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. I'll, I'll send it to you too. Thank It's you. really cool. It's really cool. Awesome. And the subject and, and the way they approach the subject is beautiful. And it's amazing uh, because they realize uh, that they are non-binary being in college and the college is in Utah. And Utah is like, best place where you can realize that you're non-binary right but yeah that sounds a little harsh it, uh, amazingly they were so involved with the movement of you know helping non-binary people uh not only in utah pretty much anywhere but in utah specifically you know through the programs through the arts and uh, a lot of their art is actually about uh being non-binary lgbtq uh and you know help help people with the coming out process and stuff like that it's just amazing that's beautiful yeah and what a wonderful way to help everyone else out yeah because you yeah. lived it you know what you've been through you know what it's like and even though everyone's experiences are slightly different there's still a lot of common threads that run through them all with like the grand narrative that's yeah. pushing down on you. yeah <laughs> i get that i totally get that um my journey i've always not been I've always known I wasn't male or female and my situation was a bit different in that I haven't actually ever told this out publicly. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I should have started um, with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> no. um, so when I was born, I was born with one gender assignment and then uh, my one parent decided that no they didn't like that idea so they gave me a separate name that was the other gender name so I lived in female land on one side of the house and male land on the other side of the house you know that is very unique situation I I had a lot of uh chaos and, and uh 
there's a reason why I am how I am. <laughs> there's in in so many levels, so many fronts. Uh, yeah, I, I dealt with a lot of uh, interesting situations and and chaos uh, growing up. So uh, for one parent, I was female, and for one parent, I was male. I had two different names, and I had to be able to flow between the two states in the middle of the same house, in the middle of the same room, in the middle of the same conversation. Wow. From from early, very early childhood, I had to be able wow. to adapt and and flow. So I've never, I never made the choice. I never really, like it, it naturally makes no sense to me that I'm one or the other because I've always just been somewhere in the middle because I didn't, I didn't uh, understand or see or conform or even enjoy the female side of things. Not to diss on any females out there, love love all love here this is my experience um everything that was presented to me in in that frame that 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 envelope that bubble was not anything I was really into everything that was presented in the male side of life was a lot more interesting a lot more exciting a lot more fun I understood I got that a lot that was more where I was aiming but I also knew I wasn't that I also knew I was not male um Growing up, most of my friends were male. I'd have some female friends, but most of my friends were male. But I, there was definitely a division where like, yeah, yeah, we're all cool and everything's fine. But then there's this definite line where I'm not one of you either, you know. And so my whole life, it's just been that I've been the middle way forever in basically everything. <laughs> it is a really unique situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have any grand like coming out or or like I definitely lived for a grand part of my life as like super tomboy or just like I was also a super awkward shy nerd and really wacky weird kid so like those also helped me navigate those those trends and those flows uh still am that's just how I am I'm just an ezard (laughs) I'm just me well that's that's like the grand thing is is through everything I am just ezard so at this point of history, I think it's it's easier for you to kind of navigate because a lot like for a lot of people it it, it becomes a normal thing and uh, uh, I like I personally know a lot of and and I grew up in a very patriarchic uh, culture and from Russia so uh, yeah I, I know a lot of people who just cannot wrap their brains around the stuff but when you were growing up i assume that even in school probably people were trying to put you in one box or the other yeah i absolutely got shoved into the assigned gender box and that's just how it was that's just it just all right but i'm weird and different and i don't really fit in with that so i'm just going to stick with who i am and if whatever box you want to check at that point there really wasn't a choice there really wasn't anything to you know, this was back. I'm. I was born in '76. I'm. <laughs> yeah, because I'm ancient. My birthday, as of this recording, is in a couple of days. Oh, um, happy birthday! Yeah, yikes. <laughs> uh, so back in those days, there wasn't really anybody trying to think about those things or help anybody with that kind of thing. It was like, no, this is where you go. This is what you are. Like, what are you talking about? No, this is what you are. This is what you do. And uh, I was always like that weird thing that was just off to the side doing whatever weird thing I was doing. And because I was sweet and polite and shy and stayed out of everything, 
everyone's way, then I got to get away with just being me to whatever degree that is, because of course that's all certain types of programming and yeah, yeah, things that I had to adapt yeah. and understand and adjust to get through all the rest of my life. All that trauma and psychology comes back into play here in this situation. <laughs> Hello. Uh, you know, we, we adapt and be, you know, all our survival strategies to get through whatever it is that we're running headfirst into. Yeah. That I think is why that I'm fine with running headfirst into whatever it is, because that's what I've done my whole life. You never yeah, know what's coming like, at you. You just what, what else is going to scare you, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I always got to get uh, neglected to the side, <laughs> got to just be me to some extent in whatever weird programmed sense of me there is. I oh, try not I- to have a me and a self because if you lock into your heart to it, to a self, then you don't allow yourself to expand and grow and and discover what else you may be. I I think at the end uh, it kind of turned out for better, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is frightening, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Considering all that I've been through and all those things that you're like, why, what? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that in some way it was a grand advantage, so, as much as it's difficult it, to. So your name, Ezard, is that something that you chose for yourself or is it? Yeah, I chose that for myself. Yeah, I I didn't want my other name. I didn't want either of my other names. I didn't like them. I didn't want them. I needed to just dissociate. And there was a point when I started showing my work. And this is when the Internet was coming up to me. And uh, you got to pick like whatever name you wanted to be like. Everybody was like doing their name with a number if they, someone else already had their name. I was like, no, I'm going to be who I want to be. And so I remember sitting there in a chair and I said to myself, if I'm going to call myself something, what am I going to call myself? And then it came really loud into my head. It said Ezard. And I was like, what? What was that? And it said Ezard, your name's Ezard. And I said, all right, we're going with it. You said it. Awesome. (laughs) So awesome. Ezra became my name. And I I had my um my name from birth. Uh I had that for a long time. And I finally got to a point where I was in a safe enough situation, safe enough space where I finally officially legally claimed it. And so that's so a, I guess that that for you was sort of coming out process like mom and dad, this is how you're gonna call me right now. <laughs> starting they, starting today. <laughs> they don't and they well, my my father's been long past, but uh my mother still right. doesn't she doesn't understand it. She we don't I don't have a relationship with her really. So uh <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, I guess. Yeah. But we just keep going. But I'm Ezard. That's all I ever need to be is Ezard. Is whatever I want to claim that to be at any given moment, that is exactly what I need to be. And that I think is beautiful. Do no <laughs> harm. I'm very much into do no harm. And I know that even if you try hard to do no harm, there's still a good likelihood that you're going to be doing harm on some level to someone somewhere somehow. Uh, but not intentionally doing harm. And just project love. It's all about love. And we're all in this together. And everyone's going through whoever, whatever they're going through, you know, and no one wants to like dig deep enough to show each other all the beautiful. It's kind of like a mycelium. We're all a bunch of (laughs) the fungus (laughs) underneath, you know, everybody's got those kind connections that no one wants to admit to or see or even explore. And uh, you're just the mushroom on top, I guess. 
Yeah. But nobody wants to be in the same mushroom family because we have to create division and chaos and, <laughs> and hate and anger. And yeah, I think it's a great way to put it. Humans yeah, are messed up. <laughs> it, all make, it all breaks down to it all breaks down to trauma on so many levels, multi-level trauma. And yeah, so we can it, all yeah. wake up to it and, and help heal each other. We're not going to get through it, you know, so let's, yeah. let's wake up and heal to it. Which is a whole different topic for another podcast. So which yeah. we'll be doing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. No, I mean I'm I'm geeking, I'm geeking on that too. I'm I'm big time, big time. I, I got a degree in psychology, and uh, since then, uh, like as I was getting my degree, I got divorced from my first husband, which was very traumatic. And then uh, it's been ten years now. I've been in therapy on and off, and and by by now, I have discovered and rediscovered so many things that I, I like. Some of them I don't even have conscious memories of. So I did some EMDR work. Uh, and those those are mind-blowing. And now with just a like even with just a daily journaling, you just pour something out as like, okay, where 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 did this come out? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, it is I, I think that it is very beneficial to, you know, for for every every human being to admit that we are not perfect that we have been affected by something that we all carry trauma because it is impossible to grow up in the world without being traumatized and yeah and and before you do that you you really cannot like truly love yourself and truly love someone else and this is where all those boxes and assignments and everything goes yeah yeah even if people don't think that they've been through traumatic events because most people think of trauma as just like a car accident or a bike yeah. accident or yeah. seeing something awful happen yeah. but a lot or, of people or, or they, something they that happened realize. when you were already adult right right yeah. or or there's a lot of cases where something happened before your brain was fully developed to be able to understand what was happening yeah. or how yeah. to how to interact or react or how to understand those things but then because it happens so early on in your childhood you don't even know that it happened to you so it's everywhere. Trauma is everywhere. It is everywhere. And it's, yeah. that word gets thrown around a lot now, but it's true, you know? Yeah. It's, well, I um, almost went into psychology, but then I realized that I was getting way too into it and diagnosing myself with way too much. So I put that all down and I was like, that's just going to be a side fascination. Well, actually, yeah. You know, the first yeah. year you were, you were kind of going like, okay, I have all those diagnoses. Yeah. My I'm so messed up. <laughs> the absolutely true. But you know what? Uh, I, I've learned that uh, people are going, like people who are going to study psychology, that's kind of their internal uh, call for help. Yeah, no, no one is no one is really going to psychology to help someone else. They learn to yeah. help uh, anyone, like someone else later in life. But as I was studying, I, I realized like, nope, I have so much stuff to shovel within me. <laughs> I, yeah. I will not be ready to help someone else for many, many years. Yeah. So. I actually have been to, uh, I tried therapy for a little while and I noticed a pattern where I would start to tell like a mild story and then the person would have a total breakdown and have to like even leave the room in some cases. And so, you know, because I know that those that go into psychology have been through stuff, like, I don't know what that person's triggers are. I'm triggering them. I'm harming them. I need to stop. It's not helping me to get it out and tell it's not healing me right now to watch me harm you. And so 
it was just kind of confirmation that uh, this right here, this way is not helping me exactly right now. And it's confirmation that what I went through was really messed up. And it also confirmed that it's okay to be really messed up about it, but I need to keep going. I need to work my way through it, understand it, see it through whatever number of lenses I need to focus through to be able to move on beautifully and with love, you know, I've seen a whole lot of not love. So my focus is love, you know, well, what I I see is a beautiful, very content human being who knows their place in the world and loves other human beings. On, I'm on mostly that. in space. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, on that positive note, I suggest we wrap it up. I actually have to run to another meeting right now. I I would like I would totally sit with you for another couple hours. I'm having. We can do that. I, let's Sometime. do it. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, with no microphones. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. I I I enjoyed it so much. Thank you so much. I. I I'm grateful to Corey for introducing us uh, and I'm, I'm having just a real joy talking to you. I'm so happy that we got to know each other. I appreciate you deeply. Thank you for having me here. And I'll, I'll jump on your this. group for sure. Yes. I'll send you the info. Cool. Oh, then you'll have to learn discord though. Mm. I will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you through it. It's all beautiful. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Much for love. being here. We'll see you. And we'll see you in the art scene. scene. Yay! (laughs) It has been another episode of In the Art Scene podcast. If you liked today's conversation, please give us a good review on Apple. And go listen to other great stories. Check out our website intheartscene.com or follow us on Instagram at intheartscene for more content. If you are a creative and you want to share your story, shoot us a message from the website or DM us on Instagram. Look forward to seeing you next time in the art scene.